They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. This is they're coming to get you. If this broadcast has somehow reached you, I just want you to know that nobody trusts anybody and we're all very tired. Uh, my name is Terhune and I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, Gav. Gav Eddings. <laughs> Windows uh, 97. <laughs> Windows 97, everybody. We got <laughs> DOS over here on the ones and twos. Oh, man. It, can you feel that chill in the air? We are recording this in the right before thanksgiving mm-hmm. and six feet of snow just got dumped on buffalo new york mm-hmm. and i've heard that the buffalo bills aren't trusting each other anymore <laughs> josh allen trust him either josh allen is just st- staring at stefan Diggs the whole time just, no trust yeah. anywhere those sound like professional football players because i have no <laughs> idea gavin uh th- this is they're coming to get you and of course we're talking about uh the thing on this episode so uh as i said nobody trusts anybody and we're all very tired <laughs> yeah i love this movie this is one of my favorite movies to watch during the winter mm-hmm. when it's cold outside it gets dark at 2 45 in the afternoon <laughs> yeah you-, you need to throw something on before you eat dinner at 3 30 mm-hmm. you just watch the i love watching the thing when it's cold i also love watching the empire strikes back like empire strikes back and the thing double feature on a snowy Mm -hmm. day is perfect also nickelodeon snow day uh yeah (laughs) if you want to go old school that is kind of a theme of of movies that's not really a theme anybody talks about but like winter snow movies yes and in uh, john carpenter's the thing it shows that on a snow day anything can happen so (laughs) I'm not going to school. Oh, no. Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> Wilfred Brimley's here. And what's happening to his face? What's he doing? I'm going to get the Beatus from him. <laughs> the Beatus. That's the th- spoiler. Uh, that is what the thing is. Yeah. Uh, it's just rampant, rabid diabetes. Diabetes. I will <laughs> say uh, The Shining is also another fun winter movie as well. Yes. I don't know if it's fun, but it is a winter movie. Yeah. I, I, and I tend to. Uh, this is not something we talked about, and I don't think I've uh, revealed to you, Eddings. Um, but I love uh, things, uh, artwork. I love movies and stuff. I've always been attracted to stuff set in a winter setting. Yeah, that's I did not know that, but it is mm-hmm. there is something about a winter aesthetic about a movie that that makes you feel all warm inside weirdly enough even though it's cold as shit you know but the thing is if i'm inside it's warm you know hopefully i I even did like a little youtube short last year where i was like hey watch your what what horror movie does snow remind you of and people said like the thing the shining basically the ones we've talked about Mm -hmm. but yeah it it is sometimes krampus which we're going to talk about next week spoiler Mm -hmm. uh krampus has snow involved in it as well because of the Christmas theme, but yep. yes, we need more snow horror movies. That's and like even that's not uh, the, not horror, but I've always I always will go back and rewatch Mister Plow from The Simpsons. Yeah, and then there's another episode called Homer the Heretic that mm-hmm. is also snow based. So uh, for me, I love a good snow setting movie, and then couple that with uh, mistrusting your peers and a good who done it. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, I, I love it. Did you ever play the video game Among Us that was popular a few years ago? I did not. 
So Among Us is basically what the thing is based on. Okay. Uh, the game came out two, like three years ago, and then they made the thing in 82. And, and the, I'm, I'm making a joke. It's not very funny. But <laughs> <laughs> I know when it's not going well. I can hear people groaning. No, I, was, I was listening. Like, I was intrigued. Yeah. But uh, Among Us is that kind of game where you, like, one person is an imposter and tries to kill everybody. And it's like the thing, the video game. So it's really mm -hmm. fun. And uh, that was really fun to play during a pandemic when you didn't know who had COVID. Yeah. You're like, did you kill me in the vents? Did I see you vent? Did I see you vent? Well, uh, that was that was a meme of the, the, the line. Nobody trusts anybody. And we're all very tired. And it was the meme of McCready sitting there. <laughs> and it was, that was definitely like, yeah, we're tired. And I don't know if I can trust my uncle. You know, that's that what Dr. That's what Dr. Fauci kept telling us in all those press conferences. That's true. <laughs> we're all very he kept tired. wanting to test our blood. It was crazy. <laughs> But when did you first come into contact with the thing? Well, what was your first experience? I was late to this. And then uh, I will say that I did rent the thing from family video. And then it turned out it was the the prequel sequel uh, the, the where it was also called The Thing. Was it 2011? Like, a yeah, was one. Oh, no. Then, then I ended up falling asleep and didn't watch it. <laughs> so, but I was like, this is too new to be the thing that I'm trying to find. But I came to this movie late. Um, and, and I it's one of those where you've some of the if you watch enough horror like documentaries and stuff about movies, you've kind of seen the movie because they do show the big scenes. And I, I really wish I had seen this movie. Uh, going in cold, no pun intended, not seeing anything because I would have loved to have seen it uh, without knowing much about it. But this is, I would say, one of my favorite horror movies. And also, if you look at any kind of top 10, top 20 horror movie list, this is probably in the top 20, if not in the top 10. It's always ranked very high because of just how paranoid the movie makes you feel. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to happen next. It has some of the best creature effects of all time that still hold up. I, I just finished watching this again, like 20 minutes before we started recording this. You and me both. Yeah. And I, uh, I found a 4k version of it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to watch it in the highest definition possible to see, does this still hold up? And Holy shit, it does. Yeah. It holds up so well. Everything looks so great because it's all practical effects. Mm -hmm. It's no, there's no CGI. It's all puppets. And gross blood everywhere, <laughs> and it, it it looks so good. And seeing the snow and those and the visuals in like 4K, yeah. it just it popped off the screen and it holds up perfect. And it's that one of those movies that I've said on this on this show before. When this came out, Gavin, 83 or whatever. It was 1982. 82, but it still had that feel of like those 70s movies where everything is still metal. So even though it's like you can watch it on 4K, it still feels gritty at the same time. That real Pittsburgh steel. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but I love the, just the look of this movie. Um, and I, you know, the setting of you're trapped by the storm and also in Antarctica. So if there wasn't a storm, you're not really going anywhere anyway. Kind of yeah. the whole the aesthetic of the movie I really like. We always talk about movie openings, and I think this one has a really underrated one where it's just a helicopter trying to shoot a dog for 35 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, damn, hit! why can't you hit this dog? <laughs> and I, I feel for the I had a husky when I was a kid. And uh, so this uh, watching the dog scene, which we will talk about, 
And, you know, the uh, what you and I also talked about before we turn the mics on. We don't know any character's name in this movie. No, I know. I know Keith David and Kurt Russell. And, and then that's Wilford how I Brimley. Will... Yeah. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. Yes. And then there's the dog guy who has the beard and he flips out over the dogs being killed. And I, it's like I, I, I'm able to relate because I had a husky whom I love dearly. And uh, I'm like, why are you trying to shoot this dog? Leave this dog alone. <laughs> but then if you you've seen it a couple times, you see the dog just sitting under the table. I'm like, look at this little son of a bitch right here. He's going to get everybody. <laughs> this dog's an alien. He's not real. I He's know. Not, yeah. You uh, you actually had a husky growing up and you were described as husky growing up. That's so true. I feel like you had a really good bond with that. And, and still growing up, I'm described as husky. <laughs> That's the section where I get my pants. That's my favorite way to describe somebody who's a little chunky is like husky. Husky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, fat is too blunt and it hurts. But husky, you're like husky. You could still be like, uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm not fat, but I'm like country strong. That's not me, but you could be that, you know? Husky sounds like you could be athletic, but still out of breath. Like that's what... <laughs> like a lineman. Like you have sleep apnea, but man, you're strong, you know? <laughs> now get in the game. <laughs> uh, but where did, how did you come to the thing? I can't remember the first time I watched it. I knew, I know it's before. I, I the the remake slash prequel, whatever the hell it is from 2011. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've never seen that one. I've, I've seen it and it was I think it was fine. I've only seen it once and I was rereading about it uh, and they were going to do all practical effects. But the studio was like, no, make it CGI. Make sure it doesn't <laughs> hold up. <laughs> make sure you know what everybody <laughs> loves about the first one. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't do, do that. Don't you dare. We're going to give you so we're yeah. going to give you a computer and Photoshop and we're going to make magic. And um, it's uh, it's about the Norwegians. If, if people are unaware, it's about the team that uh, that are, you know, it kind of ends where the first one picks up where they're chasing the dog and the helicopter. Yeah. So I can't remember the first time I watched this. I know that it was like mid 2000s, probably. And I remember just being blown away by the special effects, especially that scene when he goes to like re reach to the guy's chest and the chest opens up and eats the guy's arm mm -hmm. like that for me was like a huge moment where it's like, oh, this movie can do anything. I also remember seeing uh, Todd McFarlane, M McFarlane Toys did a movie maniacs figure of the thing creature. Mm -hmm. So that's how I kind of became aware oh. of this movie in like growing up as like a, a 10 year old was like just putting all these crazy action figures out or whatever. Was that the figure that I sold? Did I sell you that one? Or you I sold, sold you the fly. You sold me Brundle fly. Okay. I sold the thing figure because I, I, I will say that I am not like an alien movie guy. Like if I know it has to do something with aliens, I I'll be less likely to watch it. This is kind of the exception, but even the figure looks gross. It's the it's of like the the head with the tentacles, not the spider thing. Uh, but I I got that in like a lot of figures, and I ended up selling it. And I still love this movie, but I don't really want that. I don't like tentacles, like a tentacle monster. That's not really my thing. Well, in the thing, this is all tentacle monsters all the time. I know the that's monster... how good it is. Where I'm like, I'll make the exception. You're like, all right, give me, give me your noodly arms. Thing. <laughs> yeah, wrap I your like noodles this. around me. <laughs> wrap your noodly arms and embrace me. 
Kiss me, uh, you monster. <laughs> so I I do. I, I obviously fell in love with this movie. I think Kurt Russell's absolutely fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. And but Dan, this movie is a sausage fest. There is not one titty anywhere near this movie. Yeah. So if so, if you go in and it's it's just a it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out, going stir crazy <clears throat> in the Arctic. And, you know, before that alien got there. They were all kissing Wilford Brimley. Like we <laughs> we know they're they're like he's like light up for your smooches. Come on out in a tool shed if the lights on. I'm ready. <laughs> that what some of those barrels laying around are just uh, KY. uh petroleum jelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch. I don't know. Does it say like they're stationed out there for months? I don't remember. Yeah, they are. They're out there for a while, so they're gonna get real lonely. And, so and some of these guys are like McCready has his own Jack shack, you know, but, <laughs> but some of these guys are in the same room sharing beds. And it's like, you know, I, I like a roommate as much as anybody, but I would prefer uh, my, uh, my quiet time. And that's but, not just for the Jack shack. There's, there's actually a cut scene in this movie where after they put Will Wolford Brimley out in like the shack and he's got the mm-hmm. noose hanging there. There's a scene where he's just a uh, noose around his neck with a lemon in his mouth. Just <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, go away. It's uh, if you've ever seen uh, what's that Robert Eggers movie, the, the lighthouse. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> If you've uh, if you've seen it, you know the scene I'm talking about. But there yeah. there's some jacking in that movie as well. Yeah, and then uh, Wilford Brimley asks you, "Why'd you spill your beans?" <laughs> oh, you got you got to spill your beans. Maybe that's a uh, when we do the recap at the end of this season, uh, we'll we'll, we'll forego the bo- the best boobs category and we'll do the best jack, even though there was no jack. <laughs> <laughs> implied best implied cranking. <laughs> I like that we've not really talked about this movie at all so far. So this is great. It's, it's hard to really talk about because I don't want to go bit by bit because it, it's very hard to like, well, at one point, McCready suspects Clark, the dog handler, mm-hmm. could be. And then they do a blood test. Yeah. And then they everybody's an alien. So it's hard to go like beat by beat because this movie, it's great. But it's also a very slow burn. And I always forget how slow it is on Mm -hmm. every rewatch. So I'm like, yeah, it starts out so hot. They're trying to shoot a dog for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then a Norwegian gets shot in the head. And then nothing happens for another 20 where there's kind of just hanging out, doing stuff. There's somebody like we we found some long johns in the kitchen. (laughs) It is weird how like this is like a 90, 90 minute, 100 minute movie, but it's still a slow burn. But it's also it's a quick, slow burn. You know, it's like the pacing is fine, but not not a lot happens. And there's not a lot of action in this movie, but it's not required either. When it gets going, it gets going so fast and then it's over. Mm -hmm. And you're you're like, what? What is that it? Yeah. Is that what's going on? Is that all it I do? I do love that McCready is the kind of guy who will lose chess to a computer and then kill that computer. That's what I made that note with who the computer. I, I one of the things I read uh, was voiced by Adrian Barbeau, but uh, also uh, w- what you said, the year uh, 1982. Uh, yes. I, you know, I had a computer in what 95 or whatever. And I know how much was spent on that thousands of dollars. So can you imagine they got this this Antarctic computer that talks and all he's doing is playing chess 
and who knows how much longer these guys are there. And he just dumps whiskey into it. What a waste <laughs> of whiskey and uh, probably a $10,000 computer. Yeah, and they could have maybe, I don't know, got some digital boobs on there. They could have just done ones mm -hmm. and zeros, done some ASCII art, <laughs> and been like, all right, now we can crank it to a woman. Uh, <laughs> but then he just kills it, and that is, I, who knows how many games DP was that he's like, I'm tired of losing to the computer, but that is a boss move to be like, I don't care. This is government property. I'm going to pour my whiskey in your very expensive machine. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, but I will take a flamethrower over a uh, chess computer any day. So <laughs> this movie loves flamethrowers. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets a flamethrower. Uh, I I would prefer it that way. Uh, and that like that's a thing where it's like flamethrowers are real. You can just own a flamethrower. Did you know that, Gavin? I did not know that you can own a flamethrower. Well, uh, you know our uh, our Lord and Savior Elon Musk was selling. Uh, flamethrowers for a little while but that's the thing <laughs> that you can just buy is a flamethrower which seems very dangerous yeah. but also really cool i've seen people build flamethrowers out of super soakers mm -hmm. where they fill a super soaker with like washer like with like a flammable liquid and then yeah. just let, let it match like this is not okay especially with some of those super soakers where you can like pump it up like 400 times yeah and then it's just like that is the, i got hit with the hardest flame <laughs> it, it broke the skin before burning me if anybody would, would be good about pumping up something of 400 times would be these these gentlemen <laughs> in the outpost <laughs> they're like but, ah, well I'm, I'm empty right now but i just gotta <laughs> keep i gotta keep my jack in motion going. <laughs> these the, this is no like can of hairspray and a lighter either these are yeah legit flamethrowers and i guess the the big first scene is the the dog scene right yeah so they're they're all hanging out in the coolest rumpus room i've ever pool seen a table a pool table pinball machine i think i saw asteroids in the background mm -hmm. these guys got it made when they're not just cranking that hog uh, <laughs> they've got plenty that, that's of that's also made by the way just like so <laughs> yeah but they've got a lot to do um, the, 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 the dog who is the imposter and the Norwegian at the beginning, if you speak Norwegian, like that guy yells the whole plot of the movie. He's like, Hey, that dog, it's not a real dog. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's an imitation. Kill that dog, you idiots. And then he gets shot in the head, but the dog bumps up against somebody's leg. And then he's like, Hey, we should put that dog in the kennel and dog goes in the kennel and is there for like two seconds and has no chill. No, at, it's like, hey, I'm with these dogs. And within two seconds, it's like, well, guess I got to show you who I really am. Mm -hmm. And that like, uh, well, starts to like take over the dogs. And there's no clear like form of this creature. No, it's kind it's, of a different form in every form. It's just it's it's just <laughs> wet. Like mm -hmm. if you had to describe it, it, it it's wet and gooey yeah. uh, all the time. And I. Every time I watch this, I forget how many different forms it takes and how gross they are. Like, we're just sitting here watching. And it's like, oh, yeah, the dogs start barking. Oh, the dog's head just exploded. Mm -hmm. And now it's got all the noodly arms <laughs> flipping out, just constantly flipping it like they got nervous leg syndrome. It's like a wet koosh ball. I was a little I and I've seen this movie so many times, but I'm still confused. Does the alien take over you or does it become you? I think it's both. I think it takes over you, but then it absorbs you once it becomes the, like at the end of the movie. 
Yeah. That, like there's a bunch of forms in that alien, you know? Yeah. So I was curious because I know because it's not just like killing people and then like being an imposter. It's kind of mm-hmm. like assimilating into them, but also not killing them. So yeah. and, and there's more than one. Is there more than one? I guess. Well, that's one of the fan theories that I found from this one was from Reddit and somebody uh, suggested that maybe there are two things, two competing things. The first would be the dog and the second would actually be the guy trying to shoot the dog. Oh, whether whether you subscribe to that belief, that's whatever. But they're saying maybe there's two competing things. And the competition is to take over this outpost. Hmm. That is, I, I did not hear that theory. That is yeah. very interesting. This is, oh, never... it's a, this is the kind of movie I like where there are multiple fan theories about it. Then I, I'm on my, I, as soon as it's over, I'm on the computer seeing what everybody thinks. That, that's what we did too. Like we finished watching it and I was like, I got 15 minutes for this podcast. Let's see the ending explain. Mm-hmm. What's it actually mean? Yeah. And so I did like that. And then, yeah, the, the dog. And again, they come out so hot with this flamethrower and this is an old style flamethrower that just shoots like liquid hotness at you. (laughs) It's uh, no regulation. This, this was in a pure time when Mm -hmm. you could just have a flamethrower that just shot hot liquid fire at you. The many rappers wish they spit this type of hot fire. (laughs) Can't do it. Can't Can't do it. Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, and then uh, so that we get the the kind of transformation of the dogs and it's like absorbing dogs and like one goes up into the ceiling yeah. uh, and it's one, like one dog. It just spooges on. It just like squirts this dog with like goo. Yeah. Like, and the dog is like biting this chain link fence. I felt bad for the dog. Yeah. Anytime there's like this, this movie doesn't. The the dog death in this for some reason doesn't bother me. There are some animal deaths in movies that bother me, but I I think because it's just so wacky and crazy looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, one dog does get straight up just shot though. Yeah, <laughs> then like, Beardy uh, loses a shit over it, but, which I would too if they were they were my dogs. But yeah, the dog buying the chain link fence like that dog is trying to get out, mm-hmm. and he gets he gets uh, a a little uh, he gets slimed for his troubles a la Nickelodeon. <laughs> He said, I don't know. And then they're like, whoa, (laughs) that's a secret phrase. Oh, no. And then we get uh, I wrote his name down. Bennings, the ginger man. Uh, He gets taken over in the storeroom and they chase him out into the storm and uh, they they blast him with the flamethrower. But before they hit him with the flamethrower, there's just this moan growl thing that comes. And he's also got like a a claw thing to yeah. him as well not it's, it's fully a, transformed it's a strong hand you gotta it's take my a strong... strong hand child <laughs> let me open that can for you child's come here come here child <laughs> child's <laughs> that is very that's a very i think that's probably the scariest part in the movie for me because mm-hmm. it's so unsettling and creepy it's just a guy half assimilated half transformed just just like making a, a real scary noise when you, that sounds not supposed to come out of that person that creature you know and what came and the funny thing is it didn't come out of his mouth that was out of his butt the it whole time butt. it was a queef <laughs> <laughs> this is a really immature podcast yeah yeah, yeah it is. i'm okay with it though i'm okay <laughs> 
Uh, and we jump pretty quickly to uh, Blair, Wilford Brimley. He's he's tearing shit apart all across the camp. He's got the meat sweats. He's got that meat <laughs> madness. I don't know if he had a sandwich, but immediately he loses his shit. And if you thought McCready pouring whiskey into a computer that he's like, no, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask all these machines a question. <laughs> and he, he just cuts into them. Well, and that's that was the, uh, that's the question I wrote down because he's uh, do, he's working on the computer. Uh, I love old old computers and movies because it's very much when I when I first started to go to the library and it was just a black screen with orange or green text <laughs> and you didn't really know what to do. Uh, but he's like asking the computer questions and it's saying the probability that somebody is infected 75 percent and the probability of if this thing gets out that to infect the world is like 27,000 hours. Yeah. So then he starts to smash all the, all the communication technology. And the question I had was, does Blair, is he smashing all the tech because he doesn't want the outpost to reach out to the real world, bring people in, which will then in turn get them infected. Or is he already infected in that scene and doesn't want they don't, he doesn't want the rest of the world to know, and th and that scene I don't know if he's infected or not infected, but he's definitely going Jack Torrance on everything. I like to think he's not infected. Mm -hmm. I think he's just really frustrated with everything that's happening, mm -hmm. and uses the rage deep inside him to just axe everything in the room because he's just yeah. so frustrated. I, I but then like you, but you it, it doesn't make sense. Again. No, because there's, you know, most of this movie is guessing who's who's what, you know, yes. that, but that's the beauty of this movie is you don't really know. And even when you think, you know, you don't really know. Just when you think, you know, the answers, they change the questions. There are no none. That's a different movie. That's they live. Not, <laughs> that's a Roddy Piper. Not <laughs> that's a that's a different John Carpenter and Keith David joint. Yeah. Um. That was yeah my my question and then the, they they take Blair uh, and they put him in the tool shed and that's where <laughs> he has the noose and the lemon in his mouth <laughs> and he's like just it's gonna bite down right before I want to <laughs> see God's face <laughs> uh, whatever was wrong with me I'm fine now and it's just like <laughs> you, you don't know whether to trust him you know. I'm I'm feeling a little. My sugars are acting up. My insulin. <laughs> I can't feel my feet. Wilfred, you don't have feet anymore. <laughs> Could you imagine just having a locked up Wilfred Brimley? You have to visit every once in a while. Just go feed and bring booze. And then there was also a scene watching this time. Uh, uh, Wilfred Brimley sitting at the computer, just drinking a bottle of vodka, and then out in the shed, McCready takes a sip from that same bottle of vodka that he was already drinking then that's the question of how does this thing transmit because we've seen it like just suck somebody into its being or <laughs> absorb into somebody else but it can you transfer it transfer it from like saliva and stuff like that i don't think so i don't think it can transfer like that because if you said that mccready drank after uh wilfred after blair but then if Blair's not the thing yet, then it wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. But I, I can never, I don't know how it, how it transmits and how people are getting in contact because the one guy 
the, the dog like brushes up against him mm-hmm. or bites him or something. And that's kind of how he becomes infected. Yeah. Because later there's the the one scientist who's like, I'm thinking maybe we should prepare our own meals and only eat out of cans. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's, you know, not to make this about covid because we've heard enough about it, but it's like that the very beginning or, you know, there was another fan theory that I didn't really read into, but that they were like, this is about AIDS. Maybe anytime there's a new thing that crops up and we're all like, how do you get it? What is it? Like this, this is the thing where you're what? like, go ahead. Was and what was was AIDS around in the early 80s? Was 82. It? I don't know. I, I didn't I saw the theory, didn't really read much into it. But the, but what I'm saying is anytime there's a new thing, yeah. No, I know we're always yeah. like, what is it? How do you and then you know that that's the paranoia that comes with this because you know you don't know, yeah. And the scene, and because there, there's like this emphasis on on the blood, mm-hmm. with that and the blood test scene is one of my favorite scenes in any horror movie of all time. Just the tension they build because McCready figures out, hey, if this thing feels like any sort of a tag, even from like a hot needle, it's gonna lash out. Our blood is gonna be like whatever, it's chill, but this blood's gonna fight. And having seen this so many times. I still forget when the blood is going to like jump yeah. out. Yeah. Because it doesn't do a rule of three. It does like a rule of five. He tests four others before getting to the what to, to the bad blood. Mm-hmm. And normally in comedy and things, you do a rule of three. Like the first two are fine. The, the third one's when it goes pop goes the weasel. But in this, they wait five times. So it just like builds attention. Like, well, is this ever going to happen? And even McCready kind of doubts himself. Like, is this even a, a viable way to test to see if you're if you're the thing? And it's also a, a brilliant test, but also. Shitty at the same time, because like you're just heating up a wire. That's <laughs> like you can't write that down on a scientist when you're doing the, sci- the scientific method steps. I'll heat up the wire. That sounds like you're about to make drugs. It doesn't sound like you're about to <laughs> test blood, you know? It just bothered me how deep they were cutting their fingers. Oh, I was like, yeah. like, holy shit, they're just really going for it. You just gotta, you just gotta prick it a little bit. You don't gotta slice yeah. it to the bone. And it's also the, the thing I wrote down too is like the scariest thing in this movie is that they're well, one slicing the finger and the thumb. Like, I know you fingered your prick for diabetes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say? Did I say did finger you, prick or prick your finger? Which is an ice, it's an old uh, George Carlin joke. He's like, you can prick your finger, but don't finger your prick. <laughs> what I do when I test my diabetes is I finger my prick. <laughs> I just stick my finger up my butt and see what happens. There we go. But uh, they're cutting the fingers. I know you can get blood a lot of places, but also don't cut where I also will need that stuff later. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to paper cut between my fingers and yes, I'm sure everything my tongue. My- like, <laughs> and then the, the other scary part of this is the, the one guy's just cutting everybody with the same cutting tool <laughs> and wipes it on his jeans. Like, <laughs> I know we're all rough and tumble guys here, but God damn, like this is blood. If the thing's not going to get you like hepatitis B will, will yeah. take you down. Me like, well, it turns out McCready, you, you, you don't have the thing, but you do have hep C. 
and you're going to need to get some antibiotics. You've tested, uh, you've caught the diabetes. Oh, no. Is that how diabetes does? You <laughs> by slicing your finger and putting it together? And uh, we should mention, too, uh, that before the blood scene, uh, they're out outside uh, checking to see. I don't remember which guy, but he, he's been set on fire. And then I call him Skates. It's the black guy, the black cook on the yeah. skates. I don't remember his name. But uh, he goes in McCready's shack and finds clothes or whatever shoved in the furnace. So then there's the thing of is McCready one of these things? And then the, the one guy, the chest burst scene, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, the chest. Uh, yeah, the chest burst scene. He seems like he doesn't know that he's sick. Yeah, some he's of these some people know that they're the thing and he doesn't even know he's the thing. No, he is because uh, he are they trying? I did kind of doze off when I was rewatching this mm -hmm. a, a little bit ago. He are they trying to defibrillate him? Is that what they're trying to do? Yeah, they have or? a defibr defibrillator okay. and they're, he's pushing on the chest and then it caves in and bites the guy's arms off. Yeah, it's the best effect. It is so unexpected. They use a real amputee to play mm -hmm. that part to actually get the arm rip off. And then Norris just comes alive and has that like that weird head monster thing that we were talking about as far as like the toys. You gotta go. be fucking kidding me. That is a great line of just you you kill this thing and then the head turns into a spider and sprouts more eyes like a like a goosebumps character and just yeah. like Googles that and it just like mm -hmm. goes away. And again, they flamethrow everything. Anybody who is remotely like sneezes, they flamethrow them. Yeah, flames. <laughs> um, Flame on. So they're they're testing the blood, and one of the funniest parts to me in this movie is when they do test the the blood that is infected. The guy just starts going crazy, and he's tied to the same couch as two other people, <laughs> and they're just losing their shit. It's so funny. Because you're because you're tied to a a couch with like one of them, even though they knew going in like one of us is probably this thing, and that guy just knew like he just he didn't look nervous. He accepted, and then just like starts shaking, freaking out, and like the thing is is very dramatic. It's mm -hmm. all about theatrics. It's like I could just keep pretending to be this guy, or I could be the spookiest noodle monster that yeah. that your brain could imagine. Those are great effects in that and that scene too, because uh, his head his head like opens up and eats another man's head, <laughs> <laughs> like such unnatural things. The the sounds, the the activities that the the people do to absorb the other ones, and he take that he that's where Windows gets taken out. Yeah, and they got to flamethrow him too. Yeah, so I will say the, all these effects hold up in this movie, with the exception of when Windows gets his head bit by the other guy's head and it's clearly the softest pillowy dummy where <laughs> he's just thrashing about. It's almost Dawn of the Dead level of that of the one swan diving yeah, off of yeah. there. But it's just, he's just ragdolling him. And then poor Windows, he's like, yeah, I did just get my head eaten. And then they just flamethrow him in the corner. He's just kind of sitting there and they're like, well. He might be I, one of them. Time to flamethrow him. And then also they, they, you know, the dog guy attacks McCready with the, the little, uh, you know, razor thing and he shoots them, but then they tie up the dead because also you don't know 
Yeah. What will they come back? Are it's you know they don't say zombie, and I don't think they even thinking of zombies. But the the with the new thing, and they don't know the symptoms, they don't know the effects, they don't know how it works. They got to cover their bases. Can you imagine the paranoia going on? Yeah, and it's all because these Norwegians had to find something in the ice. Mm-hmm. If you find something in the ice, unless it is Captain America, leave it in yep. the ice. Leave yep. it alone. It crash landed. I forgot that this movie started out with uh, a, an alien ship crashing. Yeah, was, which, I'm like, what? I'm like, is, is this Predator? What a, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what am I watching? And uh, there was another fan theory that I found that uh, the the alien ship coming isn't even even the thing's ship. It's another. It's kind of similar to what we said before, where it's another alien race coming to Earth to combat the alien that's already on Earth. Hmm. I don't, you know, again, who's, I don't think that's thinking really into it. Um, it's like, yeah, there's another alien in there and then there's another alien yeah. that's coming for that one. And then if you look really closely, if you zoom in real close, there's actually uh, the dog from Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to trust that guy at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um. And then we get to, we get to the big climax. There's there at the end. There's four left. There's uh, Childs, McCready, uh, Skates, and Wilford Brimley. Oh, and then the the was he a doctor? I just know him as like he's got eyebrows at like a shelf. Gary. Gary. Okay. Yeah. Where... He's like he he's in charge, and everything's going okay. And then Wilford Brimley shows up and just puts his fingers into Gary's eyes. And it's like the he only stretches way. his whole face out with his hand, but like from the inside. Yeah, it's his his fingies get in there so easily, <laughs> too. I'm like, that is that takes some talent, my guy. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh and also child's scene running out, and mm-hmm. that's you know, that's important to the ending. Scene running out of the the uh camp, and we're we're trying to find uh what are they blowing blowing up the the generator down there maybe right they're blowing everything up yeah. like the, before this there's a scene where they're like just clearing out the entire outpost with all the molotov cocktails the, the generator is just gone mm-hmm. so they were trying to clear that out so like nobody could find them i mm-hmm. guess or just to try to contain the thing we also forgot to say that blair's been building a spaceship down under that ship too yes or under this the tool shed yeah, Blair is just trying to get out of uh, he's just he's got so much time on his hands that he's like, well, if I'm if I'm not hanging myself, I'm going to, uh-huh. I guess, build a spaceship, build a whole space. What ingenuity? It's yeah, cold to- as shit. And then you're, <laughs> you dug a basement and then you're building a spaceship down there. Yeah. And you just got to find the parts to a spaceship on an outpost like <laughs> that. You have is- a helicopter already. Like we we talked about the monsters hot rod Herman a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and like we're just we, we were even amazed at that. Like they 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 put an engine in a coffin, but but <laughs> Wilford but Wilford Brimley is building a spaceship in a basement. Yeah, and then and then he's he's uh, stretching faces out, and then we get the the big reveal at the end. Skates dies, mm-hmm. and then we get kind of the a super thing at the end. She's a super thing, super, super thing. She's super, super thing. thing, thing. <laughs> I forget about how many times this thing is on the screen mm-hmm. and how many different forms it takes because this one is bigger. It's got 
a side jaw head thing and it has the damn dog keeps popping up yeah <laughs> this dog uh we we uh didn't mention this but the original dog the, the the dog alien puppet in the kennel scene was actually designed by stan winston mm-hmm. who's done a lot of great stuff he did like terminator he did pumpkin head he did an and- a- alien maybe I don't remember. I, I, I read about him to do I, the prep, but then I didn't I, make the notes. For I it. think he did Alien. I think I know that he did Predator for sure. Mm-hmm. I know he did Predator. I think he did Alien, but I, I can't remember. I know H.R. Geiger's drawings were what inspired the, mm-hmm. the Alien. But Stan Winston, a legend. But Stan Winston did not want his name on this movie because the actual um, effects artist which was let me see if i can find it here uh, by it the was, way stan winston was uh the the first three jurassic parks aliens the thing the first two predator uh movies inspector gadget iron man edward scissorhands uh to name a few and and pumpkin head yeah uh rob botten is who did the rob botine is it botine yeah i've heard his name enough uh, if, if i hadn't heard that on other shows i would say botten as well Rob, good old Rob <laughs> Botten. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't. You were all. I'm glad you corrected me because uh, somebody in the comments would. Actually, thought, it, it's Botine. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Botine. But he was. I think it, Rob Botine was like 22 when they did this movie, and he was exhausted. That's why they brought in Sam Winston, uh, to do to do some of these effects because he was 22 years old. Can, are you always amazed that like somebody does some great shit and you find out they're like 20 and then then you're like over 30 and you're like, I guess I'm done. I'm like, always a, I'm always amazed when I find out people who are like my age currently, like I'm 35 now and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they did what at 35? Wow. Yeah. And I used to do like in, in stand up. I'm like, I've got time. I know I haven't put out a special yet, but like John Mulaney wasn't he he was like 28 when he put out his first special and now I'm seven years past that. I'm like, I should probably do a special at some point. <laughs> I, I think we all it, creative creative types or anybody. We're like, uh, we should be a lot farther along than we are. Well, there's somebody that, that you, you and I both know who like did the Tonight Show at like 23. And we're like, mm-hmm. God, like, what what have I done? Yeah. What have I done with my life? But I, th- I then then it's like. If, if you're just a normal person, not an entertainer, and you're like, I can't believe they owned a house and a car and had a 401k <laughs> by the time. Like, I think we all feel that way certain times. It's like but, uh, yeah. Rob Botine. Botine, 22, making the thing effects. Like, that's absolutely incredible. And if you're going to do something, and d- did he peak? Did he do anything else? Uh, I'm sh- I'm sure he's done plenty more. Let me see. He did. Oh, he did like RoboCop, Total Recall, Seven. You know, those indie films. Yeah, you got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, man. So uh, and then, well, let's uh, let's talk about this big ending, because uh, Gavin, uh, you and I did on the field trip with Brent Terhune. We bit we did the best uh, opening scenes to movies. Yes. I would say if I ever did, or if we ever did an episode with the best endings to movies, mm-hmm. this has got to be in the, in the, in the conversation. I think so. It, it, it's, it's a very understated, very quiet ending. Mm-hmm. And the movie, you think it's going to end bigger mm-hmm. and then it just ends. It's always very abrupt where they managed to kill the the super thing 
mm-hmm. and by throwing some dynamite at it, blowing it up. And then you've got McCready and Childs sitting in the dark, just saying, let's just hang out a while. You don't know who's the thing. Spoiler, it's Childs, 100% Childs. He is the thing. He is the thing. Hot take. He is hot take for this a 40 year old movie. Well, he's Mac- the thing. McCready says he, he says, uh, you know, the temperature's dropping. They're going to freeze to death. Essentially. He says, we've got, if we've got any surprises for each other, I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we wait here for a while? See what happens. Then Childs takes a drink. Mm-hmm. And now the, so but before I get into some of the fan theories that I've seen, what do you think happens in this? Do you think one of them is the thing? I don't know because I, I, we can talk about what Carpenter said. Yes. But then also, yeah, I'm willing to take the authors, the creator's opinion. But also, once you create something, it's kind of not yours to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I like not knowing. That's the fun of this. Is that then you're also thinking, is McCready the thing? Are they both the thing? Are they both opposing things? Mm. Um, did the thing that they just blew up is it actually dead? Is it still creeping around somewhere? Maybe. Yeah. Like I, I will remain neutral and say I don't know and I don't want to know. That's the beauty of the ending. Okay. I've always thought that it was Childs who was the thing because he's he, an asshole throughout the whole movie. Yes. Which is what Keith David is cast as in every John Carpenter movie. Mm-hmm. Like, let him be friendly. Um, yeah, but man, I just, I just love the ending because it's definitely not an ending that most people would want. Yeah, it's not a happy. The hot we they filmed a, another like a an alternate ending that we'll we'll talk about, but nothing really happens, and yeah. that's the beauty. Like, we still don't know. So this movie, we, we kind of haven't talked about the box office. This movie was not a box office hit. It was not no. well liked when it came out. It also had the unfavorable position of coming out two weeks after another alien movie mm-hmm. uh, called E.T. Never heard of her. <laughs> so E.T. comes out and then people love aliens. So two weeks later, they, they have this movie called The Thing. They had to do a whole lot of like marketing for it because it was going to be too subtle because they, they didn't want to give away all the effects, mm-hmm. but the marketing was like way too subtle. So they, and they changed like the tagline to like the ultimate alien terror to really push like, Oh, the kids like ET. Well, here's a balls to the wall, real alien movie for you. Yeah. And this, do you think this movie is scary? I think it's unsettling. I yeah. think it has I think it has scary moments. I think if you I mean, the guy mo- moaning in mm-hmm. there and just if you're not if you're not uh, desensitized or really well versed in a lot of really gross effects, mm-hmm. this could this would give people nightmares because the effects still hold up so well and they are nightmarish and super gross. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with with the moaning part. That's scary, but that maybe maybe it's like I I didn't watch this when it were, would have really hit me and scared me. But yeah. a lot of a lot of horror doesn't necessarily scare me, and that's me. That's not me being like, oh, I'm not scared. It just you know most of horror, I think that it does a better job if it's unsettling as opposed to scary. 
it doesn't scare me because it's not the genre. It's not the subgenre of horror that scares me. Yeah. It's more of a, it has some action elements. It has some thriller elements, but it, it is still very grounded in horror. Mm-hmm. But, but this kind of body horror, uh, gore horror, alien horror, this doesn't affect me. Something like Smile that that came out recently that deeply bothered me and that's mm-hmm. what scares me where you have the tension building where you have like an unseen i'm i'm always the kind of ghost stuff and demon stuff really bothers me and scares mm-hmm. me because i'm still superstitious enough that like all right i i know jason and michael myers can't get me mm-hmm. but there's demons out here y'all like yeah that's so, the thing is that those aren't really even seen yeah that could just happen or possess what the thing is like maybe deep down in the ocean there's something like a thing creature mm-hmm. but really we don't see too much of that no know? um and i don't even know what, where we were going i just wanted to get your opinion on if you thought it was scary or not um but yeah so the thing wasn't a huge i was saying that the thing that's wasn't right a yeah huge, huge box i was hit and john carpenter actually they had they had a test screening and somebody asked john carpenter they're like so who was the thing at the end who, who was the thing? And he mm-hmm. goes, it's up to your imagination. And the person said, oh, God, I hate that. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. But it sometimes it takes many years for people to appreciate movies mm-hmm. and just see that they're it, this seemed like it was very ahead of its time. Yeah, it, it's a much more somber, muted alien take with a lot of gore mm-hmm. and special effects. But it's about paranoia and not trusting each other. And that's a very human thing. What what are some of the other big ambiguous ending movies? Because the one that comes to mind is what's the uh, what's it Inception with the top spinning? Yeah. I was gonna say Inception. Um, that's the one that I thought of immediately was Inception, and then I I can't remember what other movies, but it's like Inception. Like that's the one where where the top is it gonna stop spinning? Mm-hmm. Is it gonna topple over? What's American a- Psycho. Yeah, and we have not covered that, so we don't we don't have to go into that. But like, a, I I love it where it's you're not really sure, and then that I love a movie when it's over. I go and Google to see what we're all talking about. I like making ambiguous endings for movies that that don't have them. Like for a long time, I told people that Grease, the ending of the movie Grease, <laughs> I was like, oh, they fly away in the car because they died in a car accident on the way to graduation, and they're like, is that? <laughs> Like, is that what happened? I go, yeah, that's what happened. Look it up. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Yeah. So, there, so there's somebody out there who I did not say I was kidding to that thinks that thinks that, that that Sandy and Danny Zuko just died yeah. on the way to graduation. Uh, I, I like to pretend that the, the car is also like a distant cousin of Herbie the love bug. Oh, that I can see that lineage. fly. <laughs> um a pair uh, ambiguous movie endings i've never seen blade runner and i know that's a mistake uh f- to a lot of people and i also think that came out the same week as the thing it came out around the same time because you had all these movies that have, like these gold movies i'm gonna say something that's pretty controversial right now um i'm a bad nerd because i don't really like blade runner okay i don't I don't, I don't get it there's like three different versions of it there's like a theatrical cut a director's cut and then a final cut and like they they remove different things where it's like, is Decker a replicant the whole time? Like that's one of the mm-hmm. is, is he like a robot? Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge Blade Runner guy. Uh Birdman is another one that I've seen a bunch of times. 
with Michael Keaton. Um, that that's a, an ambiguous ending as well. And, uh, you know, I guess the, you know, what we're saying is, and I've said it already, but I just love, I love not knowing. I don't want to know. Even Halloween is kind of an, he's gone, but did he die in the bushes over there? You know, like <laughs> I, I love not knowing. <laughs> At the end of Halloween, he's gone. But if you just turn the camera a just little over bit, there to look, <laughs> he is bleeding out. Oh, God, the- damn. <laughs> He's got his mask off and smoking. <laughs> God, they shot me six times. Six times. Six times. God damn. <laughs> Please. We've been trick or treated to death. <laughs> you don't know what death is. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I got some facts. I got some uh, just uh, stuff to. To, we could start wrapping up. I don't know where yeah. else you want to go with this, Gavin. Hit, hit me with some of them fun facts. Uh, John Carpenter, I, I sent. Uh, we need to talk about the the clip I sent you because this people, many people say that this is a remake from the movie The Thing from Another World. But John Carpenter says it's not a remake. Um, of course, it's uh, of course who who would know this? It's a uh, uh, it's uh, the source materials from uh, John W. Campbell Jr.'s nineteen thirty eight story Who Goes There. Um, he said he wasn't remaking the movie. He was paying homage to the novella. Because I guess that, uh, and, and this is a movie that I recently watched was The Thing from Another World just this year. Watch it twice, two nights in a row, because I love The Thing. I wanted to see what this, you know, the quote source material was like. Um, and The Thing is, a, it's a movie from 1951. So there's no shape changing. There's not a lot of special. It's just kind of a guy in a suit. Yes. So th- just know that going in if you intend to watch it. But uh, I think the big difference is the the creature changes from person to person, you know. Mm-hmm. So some people say it's a remake. Some people it's not. Uh, but I, if people do say it's a remake. They might say it's one of the best remakes of all time. Yeah. And the clip you sent me, did you want to talk about that or? Yeah. And the the what was the, the clip called? It's like if you just go to YouTube and pull up uh, – the thing from another world fire scene. I have not seen this. I, I, I had not seen it. And you sent to me, you're like, you got to watch this clip before we mm-hmm. before the podcast. It is only a minute long. But it is <laughs> one of the most unsafe fire scenes <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, this, this is man, 1951. So there's no man, effects. <laughs> this man is just on fire for like 40 seconds. <laughs> just walking through the room, catching everything on fire. Everybody is in danger. Is that why you sent it to me? Because of yeah. just how fucking unsafe it was? I had to watch it again because like. It's 1951. The effects are real fire. And now, I'm not done a deep dive on this scene. Maybe there were other ones, but it was like, there's fire just all over this room. And there's like 10 people in the room. <laughs> yeah. This guy's just on fire, just wandering around. Like, and yeah. it's such, and it seems like a lot of fire too. Mm-hmm. It's not like a controlled burn. It seems like we're going to set him on fire and see what happens. Yeah. And what happens is this man wanders around the room and bumps into shit. And then that shit catches on fire. It's it's nuts. And I showed producer wife. I said, did you ever see this? Did I show you this scene? And she said, no. And she just watched it. And the only word she said was, God damn. <laughs> like, 
I was unprepared. It says fire scene. You're like, okay, like this is there. They God, it is a go watch it and just appreciate just how many people died in making this one minute of footage. Uh, and I, I do, I did like the the original version. It's a, an hour and twenty six minutes. It's again, it's from the 1951. So you you're gonna get a lot of stuff from the like those fifties movies. I think they say in the movie uh, five or six times, "Holy cats!" Holy like, cats? Is that yeah, a phrase? Like it was an ex- yeah, back in the day, I guess. Holy cats, um, eh? Holy cat. And there was a guy. And also, the thing about like black and white movies where like all the guys have black slick backed hair. And I'm just <laughs> watching it like, who the fuck is anybody in this movie? Because I don't know. <laughs> was that the scientist from before? <laughs> no, he had a middle part. This, this guy was straight slick black at a switchblade. It's a, like even modern day movies. You can't have two blonde women that kind of look the same on screen because I'll be like, isn't she dead? You know, that's why I can't watch many seasons of American Horror Story. I'm like, Ryan Murphy, we cannot keep casting the same square jawed, dark haired men. I cannot <laughs> tell them apart. Uh, and then uh, there was a guy in, in the thing from another world who I kept recognizing his voice. It was uh, Paul Freeze, who was a, a, a very prominent uh, voice actor. He was uh, Boris from um, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. He, I think he was uh, S- Scrooge McDuck, maybe. I'm trying to find it on here. But I also think he was like the Burger Meister Meister Burger. Okay. Yeah, so because I kept I'm a, I'm a guy that when I watch stuff, I have to know the voice of certain people if I hear mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but th- but then can you imagine me trying to find which character it was on IMDb when they <laughs> all look the same? <laughs> You're like, well, he had a black, slick, black, slick, black, yeah. black, slick, back hair. <laughs> and then. Yeah. So, so back to Carpenter saying it's not a remake. He said he didn't want to compete with the old film, which was greatly beloved by me. That's uh, that's Carpenter saying that. So I went back to the novella, which both films were based. Um, so, I, you know, depending on who you ask, which one of them is the creator, uh, it's not a remake, but who gives a shit? So <laughs> is the, the thing from another world, that's what they're watching in Halloween, right? Is that the movie that's on the TV? I think so, yes. Yeah, so I like to imagine that little Lindsay Wallace just watched the fire scene. It was just like, <laughs> God! God damn! Yeah. <laughs> and then now, Halloween, now let's, go, yeah. let's go carve a pumpkin on Halloween <laughs> night. <laughs> then Halloween ends, they're watching this thing, so. Yeah. Uh, question, before we move any forward, because uh, I, I don't, don't want to forget because people might be yelling at their podcast right now they're like well what does john carpenter say about who the thing was oh let me uh find that um i'm just trying to save the podcast audience that where where they're yelling at their radios or their device like why why aren't you gonna say it why why'd you forget to tell us about it now i can't find it in my notes uh, um i have it here okay yeah they, basically he says that uh Basically, John Carpenter says that he's uh, he was unsure why there's any ambiguity to it, because the way it's shot, Childs is clearly the thing. He's not breathing. There's no breath coming out of him. And just the way it's backlit, he's like, I'm not sure why people ever thought that he wasn't the thing, mm-hmm. because in his mind, 
Um, he he was the thing. There's also a thing video game that came out mm-hmm. that that is a sequel, and in that game, uh, McCready is rescued. Childs freezes to death, but McCready is rescued by a search and rescue team. Mm-hmm. And John Carpenter says that that game is canon. Yeah. So McCready does survive. Well, the thing I can't find it in my in my big long list of notes, but the thing that I said I found that Carpenter said was that neither one of them were the thing. Oh, really? That's what that's what I heard. Yeah. So John Carpenter's talking out both sides of his butt. Uh, if this were like. wrestling, we call it working the boys because oh, now we're talking about it. Who's uh, we're we're being worked. Um. Well, let's talk about the uh, alternate ending. John Carpenter and uh, editor Ted Ramsey shot and cut an alternate ending to the film that was never used. Ramsey was concerned that the bleak, ambiguous ending would not test well with audiences. Uh, and the, the alternate ending is uh, McCready is rescued and appears in a room where he's given a blood test to determine whether he, ha- he has been assimilated, which means he's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which he passes. So fortunately for fans, the film, the alternate finale was ne- was never needed. Uh, but I would, I wonder if that's on any special edition, like that that alternate ending. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. If, if it does exist, but that'd be a really lame duck ending where he yeah. gets rescued and then is like, okay, well he's not the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um, the the same set was used, so they go the the Nor- Norwegian uh, camp. That was the same set as what they were already on. It was after they set it on fire, save some this, money. Yeah, and this was not set. This was not filmed in Antarctica. It was actually filmed in Los Angeles on a soundstage. <laughs> no, that they, it, I found different, Gavin. What? Yeah. I know some of it was shot on sound, probably stages. on the sound stage. Yeah, but some of it, uh, their the big budget was to keep the crew warm because they went up to Canada. Okay, I think they spent seventy five grand keeping the the crew warm because it was like from like uh from zero degrees to minus fifteen degrees, and they were in uh, the Canadian province, uh, British Columbia, the town of Stewart. Oh, so, okay. But I'm sure some of it was shot on the sound stage as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure like the outside stuff was probably shot in Canada mm-hmm. and then the interior stuff. Because I heard they had to like refrigerate the room to keep it cold for get everybody. Get the breath because you can't get really get breath. the breath unless it's cold, you know. Yes. And that's why so many like movies back from that time period, you can tell they're fake when there's snow because it's like, where's the breath? Yeah. Where's the breath? Well, and that, and that you know, that's because uh, they're all the thing. Yeah. If you don't see the breath in the movie, it's because those people in that movie were the thing. Yeah. Um, rejected uh, music. So, uh, the guy named a uh, composer and Nino uh, Morricone did the com- the composition, the composing, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. And some of it was used, some of it wasn't. Carpenter put his own spin on it, but usually Carpenter does his own movies. But the yeah. rejected music from this was used later in a movie uh, called The Hateful Eight. Oh, that's not the was that the one that Tarantino remade, I guess? Yeah. No, okay. I think he just made it. I don't think it was re- uh, he was paying homage to the novella. Who goes that? No. Uh, <laughs> featuring the dog from Goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was it was used. It's kind of a uh, we'll talk about it later. But um, OK, yeah, it's a good I just wa- rewatched that one, too. Okay. Uh, Donald Pleasance was the first choice for Blair, not Wilford Brimley, but they thought he was too famous. So they kept uh, Wilford Brimley on. I I feel like thinking in those scenes where where it's 
Wilford Brimley or Donald Pleasance, I feel like Wilford Brimley is the better choice there. I feel like Wilford Brimley plays unhinged a little bit better because yeah. they they tried to go unhinged with Loomis in like Halloween four and five. And you're like, let's reel it back a little bit. Donald Pleasance. Uh, I, the blackest eyes. <laughs> I just imagine that scene at the end of Halloween six, where he gets the thorn tattoo mm-hmm. in the producer's cut. <laughs> he's like, ah, he's just ah, screaming yeah. the whole time. You're like, I, I can't handle that in, in the thing. I think it would have yeah. taken me out of it. Of course, I'm biased because I've seen Wilford Brimley do the the role. And I just, yes. why would you change it? It's already good enough. Um, yes. Carpenter said that this movie is his favorite. He was talking to a French film critic in 2001. He said, I love the movie a great deal. I've never stopped loving the thing. I think it's just a wonderful film. It's my favorite film of my own. There you go. Did yeah. uh, I'm checking something here. Did John Carpenter do big trouble in little China as well? Yeah, he did with Kurt Russell. Okay. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff with Kurt Russell because he did Escape from New York. He did Escape this. from uh, L.A. Yeah. Um, the, what I found currently, we're recording this in uh, in November of 2022. They said that there's a another remake currently in development. So not the 2011 one that's already been done, of course. But they uh, th- this news was from October 2020, so this could have changed. But are you interested in seeing like a a thing remake or do you want to see like the thing world like this is kind of a jurassic park type movie where it's isolated but then do you want uh pterodactyls flying around new york city i don't think so i think we don't need to remake this i know that there was a huge debacle um this past fall because the thing did turn 40 Mm -hmm. and they released it in theaters again and it was like the wrong cut or like the wrong aspect ratio. Shitty quality. Yeah, because like it was sh- with a satellite. Mick Garris, the guy who wrote Hocus Pocus and has done a lot of stuff, was he, he got it like they rescreened it because all his tweets, he was talking shit about it. But <laughs> I guess rightfully so. It was shit quality. Yeah. So, so I don't, if you can't do a good re- release of like the original movie, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to see your remake. I don't, I don't want it, to, it's not going to hold up. There are very few remakes of horror movies that I find worth being made. Mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, the remake was great. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, the Evil Dead remake that came mm-hmm. out in 2013, that's great. But the maybe, list maybe is, this is a whole episode we should think yeah. about for next season. Best yeah, but horror remakes. Yeah, but like the whole but the list is very short. So, yeah, I think, well, well, we just did it. So that's been the best <laughs> remakes. Uh, <laughs> um, it's technically uh, if you look at it as a remake, the second remake of the thing, there's another movie uh, called uh, or starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee and Telly Savalas uh, called what was it called? Um God damn, uh, Ter- Terror Express. Okay. Yeah, Horror Express. And it's fe- it was featured in, in an episode of Creep Show, which I, I saw it and I was like, what is this movie? I think it was written by uh, Dana Gould, the uh, the uh, Creep Show movie. And then they used the footage from Horror Express. I want to see this movie because I like Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. I like those old timey movies. Oh, but this, oh, this oh, one's set on, a, yeah, set on a train. So it's oh. different. Dana Gould Gould. Um, and I think the well, we the, here's one last fan theory, which you probably are aware of, Gavin. And then mm-hmm. that's all I have on my end. Uh, but the fan theory at the end, 
we get McCready. He's about to take a swig out of a bottle. And then Child shows up. They sit down and he says, well, if we got any surprises, we got to see. Why don't we just sit here and see what happens? And he passes the bottle to Child's. He takes a sip. And the fan theory is that bottle was really a Molotov cocktail. And the fact that he takes the sip and doesn't acknowledge that it's gasoline and then McCready smiles shows that this alien doesn't even know what booze tastes like. And that's why he smiles. That's one I, of the fan theories. I, I did not know that fan theory. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one mm-hmm. other than like the breath or whatever. I think that is that's a good theory. Yeah, because it's. It, it, right. I've watched it a bunch of times after seeing that, the, hearing that theory where he's going to take this. He looks like he's going to take a sip, but then child shows up, um, but he passes the bottle and then he smiles after he takes the sip because he's like, he doesn't say, "ooh, gasoline, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so that that was a, th- a fan theory. I was like, oh, man, that's really makes me want to. It's like this movie. Watch it a bunch of times. Yeah, because at the end, you don't know. And that's what I love about it. Yes. Unless you listen to John Carpenter himself, who says that he is or isn't the thing. Well, he's wrong. Let me, <laughs> I'll tell you that the creator of this thing is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go uh, with some oh shit moments. What yeah. was your oh shit moment in this? my oh shit moment is the moaning. I know there's so many oh shit moments in this movie, but it, this uh, like I saw. A lot of those oh shit moments on like oh the scariest moments or whatever that when they recap yes uh, on horror documentaries but it was it's so unsettling to hear just the moan coming out of the guy making on eye contact with everybody else and th- that noise shouldn't be come out of that guy so that's my oh shit moment uh, for me my oh shit moment is when the hands go into the chest cavity okay and get eaten because I was not expecting it when I saw it for the first time. It's one of those moments where I remember exactly how I felt when I saw it for the first mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, that was my oh shit moment. Now, uh, I know, let, let me ask you this, because I know you're you're an alien fan. And in yeah. that movie, I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's a chest burst scene. I've never out. seen Alien. What happens? OK, you watch it <laughs> at my house. Shut up. Uh, there's the chest burst scene. But then in this one, the chest goes in. Which one do you prefer? Uh, to happen to me, neither. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, the th- one from the thing, because yeah. I knew and saw clips of the chest burster scene from alien before mm-hmm. I watched alien. I did not watch. I, I did not know that that, that was going to happen to the thing. So I yeah. prefer the thing chest caving in and then turning into teeth. Like not only does it cave in, it turns into teeth and bites the dude's arms off. So mm-hmm. that's, I, I think that is, I, it may sound sacrilegious because I'm a big alien fan, but I think that one is, is way more intense okay. for me. Um, and then what's your favorite kill? Uh, favorite kill, I think it's going to have to be when Windows gets his head eaten by somebody else's head. It's ridiculous face, yeah. and over the top. And I loved it. That 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 is my favorite kill. I think I don't like because there are kills in this movie, but it's not. It's not like, you know, what if I said like when McCready shot the bearded dog guy? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what if I said Clark? that? Like, just like, I love when he shot that guy who turned out to be human. Yeah. Uh, it was just the most murderer run of the mill. You could see that kill in every movie. Uh, I'm going to go with the dog transformation. Oh, um, OK. 
because it's you're, you there's a form of a dog in there and i guess it's killing it i don't again is that a kill because the dog's still there i guess but um yeah i because it's kind of the dog kind of not and then we get the, the the dog a little bit later in the movie as well but uh i want to go with the dogs okay and I, I i respect that so that is the thing from 1982 any final well, thoughts we got to recommend what what other people should watch ah, that's right um uh, if you like the thing i would recommend uh, any of the alien movies but probably specifically the first alien film mm-hmm. it's got that slow burn uh spoiler has a chest burster uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i don't know it's kind of hard to i have some okay go ahead uh, I would recommend the video game Halo. Hey, what? Uh, have you? Did you ever play Halo? I've played all the Halos except for the newest one. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, but the Flood. Yeah, no, I, I I'm oh, familiar with. Okay, the flood. yeah. Okay, then you just really don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Also, there's a, a newer werewolf movie called Werewolves Within that's in the past two years. Uh, so a lot of these are whodunits. Okay. Uh, maybe not necessarily alien ones. Also, uh, for uh, for Who Done It, Scream, and Friday the Thirteenth, uh, I would say They Live because it's a Carpenter movie. It's got uh, Keith David in it. It's sci-fi horror type stuff. Uh, I would also say The Hateful Eight is uh, it's a Who Done It. It's set in the snow. It's not aliens, and it's not horror at all. But uh, <laughs> If you like this, you'll probably like the Hateful Eight as well. And if you love hearing racial slurs, then the Hateful Eight is your kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, some sometimes you gotta no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just gotta put it on the background noise yeah. and have your neighbors wonder what are they watching. Yeah, and they're um, like, turn it up. No, <laughs> I want to hear Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would suggest those. Uh, and th- those are more for the, the whodunit aspect, the mystery. That's what that's what I love about this movie. And then uh, go ahead. Be sure to follow us on social media uh, at Brent Tier Hewn at Gavin Eddings. Also, YouTube Gavin Loves Horror. You can find Brent over on YouTube at Brent Tier Hewn. We're all on Twitter for the time being. Hopefully mm-hmm. by, the, by the time this airs, it hasn't gone down like the Titanic. Um, and then be sure to leave those reviews. Uh, we, we love reading everybody who re, uh, writes nice things about us. Leave, leave us that five-star review. Help us get discovered by the algorithm of Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And then next week is our season finale. We'll, we'll do a wrap-up episode as well, like, like we did for season one. But we're going to wrap things up just in time for Christmas, where we're going to mm-hmm. talk about Krampus from the director of Trick or Treat. Yeah. which is, I think it's going to be a fun, fun one. So watch Krampus this week as you get in that holiday spirit. And we'll, we'll be back next week to talk all about Krampus from 2015. Well, Eddings. All uh, right, Terry Hune. If we got any surprises for each other, I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. So why don't we wait here and see what happens? Barbara? They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. Coming to get you.